In a world full of stereotypes of what women should be, I help break down these barriers. Knowing that even the most confident of women has an inner dialogue that needs to be quietened down. This is the Real Women series. I am your host, Michelle Ashby, life and business coach and personal trainer. I speak with women from all walks of life about their journey, their challenges, and what helps them to show up just as they are. So welcome, Karina. It is so lovely to have you here on the Real Women series. Um, thank you for agreeing to um, the feature. Um, so what would be really good is if you could just share a little bit more about yourself, your background and anything that you think we need to know about you and then we'll get into it and we'll take a bit more of a deep dive. Amazing. So hello everyone. I'm Karina. Um, I am 28. I'm from Northamptonshire um, and I am the founder of Girl About Social. So we are a boutique marketing and content, content marketing agency um, that predominantly works with SMEs to help and collaborate and support on their social media and marketing. So sometimes we will look at Instagram, sometimes we'll look at the overall marketing campaign. Um, we also look at websites, website builds, um, just the kind of all the behind the scenes really. Um, and I've been working now for a well for about nine ten months um, so I'm a lockdown business which obviously as we're recording this it's a year today which I think is mad um, that we've been in lockdown so yeah it's been an interesting uh, 12 months definitely um, but completely enjoying it and I'm glad that it actually started if, if that was a weird thing to say but yeah definitely a benefit amazing amazing and so tell us a bit about what you did before then and what led you to then want to go on to start your own business well i've worked in marketing for about six seven years um originally i used to be a recruiter um, and actually the founder of the company that i used to work for he came into the business when i was about a maybe six months into it and he's like oh you know how how are you getting on and I was like yeah it's great but really I, I want to be in something creative um, and fast forward a couple of years I actually then ended up working in the marketing team of the recruitment agency which was amazing um, and I've kind of just worked up from there really so predominantly my experience was b2b so types of recruitment that's obviously how we met uh, obviously working uh, many 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 years ago now um, together and then from there I actually lost my job in October 2019 and I had two weeks to find another job um, and my friend had told me all about freelancing but I didn't really understand it I was quite ignorant to it I didn't understand what it was I just thought that you kind of had a job for a week and then you'd have to find another job and didn't didn't fully understand like what it meant um and she was like no like you can get a job for like six months as a contract but you're kind of you know like you're, you're a temp for that position um so I started freelancing and I absolutely loved it I love the idea of working with different businesses um on different campaigns coming in and doing a great job and then being able and the opportunity to work on another business with a different campaign um so i was working up until the 21st of march 2020 so obviously two days before we were then put into lockdown um and the contract ended because of lockdown and they had to obviously contract because we were one of the first people to go um so i spent a couple of months just completely unemployed just kind of 
aimlessly walking around my house just trying to think of how I can how I can make some money actually um and I think the bad bit was when recruiters started going on furlough because I thought well if they're going there's obviously nothing going on um and I started obviously I was applying for jobs and the one thing that I noticed was there were so many small businesses that were looking for marketing support especially that the fact that they were in lockdown and they needed to still promote and make money but the salaries were low so I just thought, well, I could do this, but I can't do it for that permanent salary because, you know, I've, I've, got to, I've got to pay my bills. So I was like, well, maybe I should go to them direct and I should say to them, well, look, let's work together. You know, maybe I'll come in and do a couple of hours a month or, you know, what, what can you do? And this is how I can help you. And the rest is history. That's, that, that's kind of it. That's how it started. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in my, in my own network. And that's kind of how it started, which was going out and reaching out to people and, you know, reaching back out to people that I've previously worked with to say, I'm here. Do you need some help? Um, and it's, yeah, it's just been positive ever since, really. Amazing. I love that. And congrats on obviously setting up a business in perhaps what's the most challenging time. But equally, as you say, a lot of businesses have had to pivot to become online. So actually digital and online is is doing really well. So as you know, with this podcast, it's all about women showing up as they really are. It's all about being authentic. And as one of the hot topics that you've just talked about is setting up on your own. Yeah, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you show up every day in your business as Karina, because effectively you become the brand of your business, which has its real highs and real advantages. But then it can also be quite exposing that you can't hide behind a brand name. So how how did you create your brand and how have you found the highs and lows of running your own business, especially obviously in a pandemic? I, do you know what? I think the biggest thing was the fact, which sounds a bit weird, that I didn't have a safety net. So I think normally when someone's going to set up a business, they've kind of, they've got, they're in a permanent job or, and they've got an idea, they've got a plan or they've got some money and they're very much like, I'm going to do this. But you kind of have, there's a little bit of fear there. There's the, well, first, first and foremost, there's a plan. For me, there wasn't a plan. I just had to get on with it because if I didn't, then I would, well, I can't live. So I think weirdly for me, for somebody that does like a plan, the idea of not having a plan actually helped me because it pushed me. I didn't have a choice. I was at basically at the end of the cliff and I had to jump. I didn't have, there was nowhere to go back to. Um, so the idea of staying and being myself was I just, I just have to just keep going. Um, and it's weird actually now, like even like talking to you and actually kind of doing this from a self-reflection perspective was I just, I haven't stopped. So I, I, it's funny because I'm asking the questions. I don't know. I've just kind of had to just show up every day and just smile and wave and just hope for the best that it works because there was no plan behind it. But for me, that was the benefit um, because I couldn't second guess myself because that, that's it. I just had to write, just go in and just do a good job and work hard and, you know, j- just show up, like you said, as I, as I am. Um, and I do work hard. I've always worked hard and, just become authentic and if you know and just hope that that works (laughs) basically it's like throwing things at the wall and hoping it sticks and thinking okay fine right you like me if they they don't but you know and making sure that you deliver and communication is key um but yeah I just it's just kind of just smiling and waving really (laughs) I love that though I I love that you've almost said there was no time for fear because I think 
fear for so many people and not just in business for any aspect in life right there's a huge amount of fear and i think there's so many people that are not stepping into their true power not stepping into what they fully can be because they're worried about what could go wrong um they're worried about judgment and i love the fact that you said well i had no choice no i didn't even get time to think about that it was make or break yeah and you're right and i think that you're completely right the idea is the fear that holds you back because one of my biggest regrets is the fact that i didn't start this sooner but the reason why i didn't start it sooner is because it was self-belief and the fear of well i wasn't a job so why would i leave a job to maybe not get enough money each month coming in and you I was the only person that was holding me back. Um, and one of my first managers said to me years ago, she was like, you'll own your own business one day. And I was like, I'm not smart enough to do that. Like, no, I'm not. And she was like, you will. Like, I'll guarantee you, you're going to do it. And I did. But it's weird because I just, I just couldn't see it in myself. But I think that's the self-belief, that's confidence. But it's fear within yourself that's holding you back. And you're right, that's anything. Whether it's business, whether it's running a marathon, whether it's, it's anything, isn't it? Like buying a house, mm. you're like, well, I couldn't possibly do it because why should I do it? But it's imposter syndrome, isn't it? Which is very much real. <laughs> yeah, it is very much real. And so you touched on self-belief and self-confidence. How have you worked on yourself to, ha to have that self-belief, to become more confident? So is there anything that you've specifically done that you could share with the audience that might help them? So perhaps if someone's listening to you and thinking, well, I'd like my own business, but and coming up with those blocks is there anything that you could share that you've learned along the way i would actually say in the last 12 months i've become more intuitive to myself and i think and for a long time i didn't believe in myself i so much so even down to like food and the idea of dieting and i would almost like my brain and my body and my body would be like i'm hungry and my brain's like no you're not it's not time to eat like you can eat later like you're not that hungry you can have less than that because actually I didn't listen and I think it's becoming intuitive and actually listening to yourself because you know what's right. So it's that gut instinct, isn't it? If it doesn't feel right, then it's not right. Um, and I think the way that I did that was the idea of, it's just kind of, I guess, because we've been inside, there was nothing else to do. So you had more time to think and to rethink and just to kind of like, right, okay, like, is this what I want to do? Does this feel right? Because I think previously we had so many other distractions, didn't we? You, you know, you were out for dinner or you were watching the telly or you were going to see family or friends. And you kind of, how often did you honestly spend a couple of hours just sat on the sofa? Whereas in a lockdown, every single day, I'm just sat with myself. Um, and you and I, when we were talking earlier, was talking about God. Imagine if someone said to us a year ago, you're going to be in lockdown for a year. We'd all be like, can't do it. Can't do it. But suddenly we didn't know that. But actually, we've done it. We've all come out the other side. We're absolutely fine. Obviously, you know, within reason. But the main thing is, like, you can do it. Um, and I think it is just becoming more intuitive and just believing in yourself. Like, just sit back, think about it, and then kind of make make an action, if that makes sense. No, it does. And it's, it's interesting. There's a couple of podcasts where we've talked about intuition. Yeah. And I remember years and years ago, I never listened to my intuition. And actually, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, somebody at the time, I remember, had to explain to me, you know, it's that kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach that it's almost like a sticky feeling if it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and it becomes 
so easy to override that because when you've done it for so long you you just can't feel it anymore because you just think that's a normal way to feel yeah but i think also when you do listen to intuition you can listen to it but then you can make the choice if you're going to act on it they're two very separate things and part of acting on it is being able to shut out the noise of everybody else so you know i don't know starting your own business i'm sure there'll be lots of people that have opinions on that you know, or do you not think it's safer to go and get another job or whatever it might be? And actually, that's the bit that you have to stand really firm and go, I just feel this in. I just know that this is right for me. Yeah. And you have to follow that. And that yeah. takes a lot of courage, right? Of course. And I think so like, many aspects. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, because everybody everyone's on a different path and i think when we were younger when you were at school everybody is the same we go to the same school in the same town or village that you live in which means that your parents probably earn the same amount of money which means you have the same amount of stuff so there was never we wore a uniform everything was pretty much the mm. same so you had the same name everything was the same same year you were born in the same year everything's the same and then suddenly as you get older things change uh, and I'm really fortunate that my immediate friendship group, we all went to school together. I've known them since I was 11 years old. So we've literally grown up. But suddenly, some are married, some have kids, some might travel, some, some have moved countries. Like, but, uh, but we're all the same, though. But suddenly, what one person does doesn't mean that it's right or wrong to somebody else, but it's what feels right for you. And you're so right about the intuition, it's very easy to ignore it because you've got other distractions of other people giving you their opinions. Um, and my grandma has always said, never accept criticism of somebody that you wouldn't ask for advice. And I think that's where it works with your own intuition because it's very easy for someone to say, well, I wouldn't do that. Or like, yeah, but do you think it works? And suddenly you self-doubt and you're like, yeah, no, maybe you're right. But actually, it, it's nothing to do with them. It's what's right for you, not yeah. what's right for them, because we're completely different people. But I think for a long time, you think you're the same, but you're not the same because you are your own individual. We're not made in a factory where if one goes and they'll just replace another Karina. Like, we could have the same name, but we're very different people. And I think that's where it comes from. And I think that's where it's important to listen to yourself and listen to like what feels right for you. Um, but yeah, it's very easy to get distracted by that, I think. Like, I completely agree with you. You have to just tune into it, don't you? And, and that's, that's almost takes practice. Yeah. And going on from that, and from something that you said there, kind of takes us quite nicely into the next sort of area of what I'd love to talk, talk about with you. So you touched on um, eating and not listening to what you what you really did want to eat and what have you so can you tell us a bit more about your approach to health to fitness to exercise and maybe how that's changed over time and how you live that out now I think for a long time I didn't I wasn't really bothered about it um for a very long time which is funny because actually my friend said to me the other day she was like I've always had you is something to do with health. Like, I mean, I even went through a stage of like, you know, like chewing for 15 minutes, every <laughs> single piece of food. You know, when you read something, I guess, and I'm, for me, I thought, oh, I've never really been bothered because I've never been like skinny, but I've always, I guess, in the back of my head, always had something, whether it was like, oh, I'm only eating hundred grams of lettuce today, or oh, we've got to do our three miles a day, or chewing for 15 minutes, or drinking a pint of water before, you know, all the, the, the stupid stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
and I think a lot of it came down to the fact of with what we've just said is that I don't look the same um Northampton is a very small town um it is predominantly Caucasian I went to a school there was three black girls in the entire school so I'm always aware that I am not the same so I think these things that you do were trying to become the same and it's taken a very long time and I'd probably say within the last like year and a half that I finally accepted that I am different and it is okay to be different um because I was just I'm surrounded by it I'm surrounded by it every day that it well I don't look like that person um and I don't even think it's directly from a social media thing I think it's from where where just where I live like just what I'm around and for eating I think I went on a quite a big diet I had a personal trainer which was amazing and we were I was on some stupid diet like seven walnuts you know like when you're like what is this like, yeah, I was yeah. constantly hungry and I did it for a year and I was just hungry and then lockdown hit and I think the hard thing with lockdown was I lost control because I didn't have a job so the only thing that I could control was my eating. So I stopped eating. I wasn't eating a lot. I would eat, I'd have a protein shake in the morning. I'd have two boiled eggs and a bagel and some frozen veg for lunch. And then I'd have like a stir fry for dinner. And I did that March to July. And the biggest change was when I went out for a friend's birthday and we'd all gone to this restaurant in July and we all had burgers. And I had the burger, that was fine. Went to another bar. And people were ordering more food. And I was like, why is everyone eating this? Like, we I can't eat this. Like, I've just had this burger. And I was getting frustrated with myself. And I was like, but why can't I? I just didn't touch it. I was like, I can, I've, I've already eaten today. I had this burger. So I ended up talking to a nutritionist because I was like, why am I not losing weight now? Because all my friends can eat all this extra brie bites and halloumi fries and fried chicken. And I was like, well, I'm not getting thinner. Like, I can only have this, this one meal. And she actually said to me, she said, yours is not a nutrition thing. It's a psychological thing. Um, and she actually recommended that I read the book, Just Eat It by Laura Thomas. And reading that book was all about intuitive eating and a being in tune with your body and trusting your body to tell you when it's hungry, when it's full. But for, I think, like you said, for such a long time, you don't have that. Like, I didn't listen to it. I didn't know that when I'm hungry, I, it means I should eat, not that I should have a glass of water. Um, so I would say really from July to now is well, now I'm genuinely in tune and I eat what I want, not what I think I should eat, if that makes mm. sense. Um, and even things like HelloFresh have really helped because suddenly I'm still cooking and eating well, but I can actually eat pasta without the guilt. And it's just, it sounds stupid, but it's just kind of like how I think, like you said, for a long time, if you're not in tune to it, you ignore it and you're like, well, my body's wrong but your body's never going to let you starve, is it? Like ever, that's never going to happen. Um, so it's been, it's been a long journey. And I think, you know, social media does have a small aspect of it, but I think it's just more with what you're around um, and how you see yourself, I would say as well. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about intuitive eating, because I know that a lot of people find that really difficult. And, you know, I think we can all think about friends or, or family or colleagues or we can all think of somebody that we know um especially when you're in that phase of trying to lose weight and you can't and you would look at your friends and think well, why are they eating that and why are they really slim and actually it is probably because they've intuitively ate their whole life completely so i have a friend that you know she'll order she'll look at a menu 
and she'll think oh I really fancy that today and yeah. then she'll order it she may finish it all she may not finish it all but she won't give it a second thought no no. And I think that's because she's always had that relationship and she's always perhaps been, without perhaps her knowing, dialed in. Whereas yeah. I think sometimes when, as you say, for you, you felt different yeah. and you wanted to fit in. So yeah. therefore, and this is so common of so many women. And, you know, I always say maybe it's for men, but I'm not a man and I don't, you know, I don't, we don't get to see those conversations do we um so i can never speak for i can never speak for guys but there is a huge part of us that want to fit in until we get, get to the point where we can say actually i'm okay being me yeah. and i am different but that takes a lot of work that takes i do believe that age is a part in that and mm -hmm. life experience yeah um but then i think you just reach this place where you think I'm sick of trying to change myself. I'm sick of trying to fit in. And you kind of go, you know, for me, I'll always go, I'll always have a slightly bigger bum. It's just the way it is. I mean, that's fine now because that's the in thing. <laughs> but obviously when we were growing up, you know, growing up, it wasn't. Um, and so I think you lose sight, don't you, of what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to achieve it. And then as you say, you become frustrated. Completely. And what you were saying actually about fitting in, because when you're at school, all you want to do is fit in. So everyone, ha like you said, because everyone had the same uniform and you have the same hairstyle, everything was the same. And then suddenly we go from spending seven, 10 years or however long you're at school where you're told to be the same. You're even put in three groups, you know, you kind of like the lower set, mid set, top set. Yeah. There's only three groups. You need to fit in to one of these groups. And then suddenly then you're pushed out of school. And they're like, well, now, but you're an individual person. You're like, but I've just been trained for the last 10 years that I can only be one of these three, or I can only be in this form, or I can only be in this uniform. What? And then That's so interesting that you say that. Well, aren't they? Like, you, you don't have that. We didn't have transgender, you know, changing rooms at school. You were a boy or a girl. You're in your, you're in year nine, in year 10. That's it. And then suddenly now we're like, oh, well, now you're an individual. You go and be 32 and a half. Like, you're like, oh, right, okay. And I think that's why suddenly we're then pushed out. And it, you're right. You're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> I now have to be my own individual person, but I've not been told. To be yeah. Is it, it, that is so interesting because I've actually never looked at it from that perspective. But you're so right. We are, we're almost <clears throat> taught that, you know, you, you fit in, yeah. you conform, you, you adhere to these rules that we've set. And I, I do yeah. understand, obviously, when schools are trying to manage large groups of people, but it is that freedom to express. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I, even now, you know, I've, you know, I've got a six-year-old and, you know, at weekends sometimes we paint nails and then she'll say to me, oh God, but what about school? You know, because I'll probably get told to take my nail varnish off. And again, I understand that, but again, I mean, you know, now you've said that, what's my opinion on that? You know, should yeah. we not let people express themselves and have that freedom? You couldn't, you couldn't, and you couldn't, could you? I mean, we had, I mean, the ongoing thing at our school was the colour grey. So if you had a dark grey jumper, it was like, mm, you're a massive loser. Everyone had light grey. And then we went through a phase of like, the girls were a black jumper but we would get told off. And there was like a joke that like one of like, you know, the heads of year would just have this pile of black cardigans. 
and I remember my sister she's she's very arty and she wanted a pair of Doc Martens as a pair of school shoes so my mum got her the painted you know the actual Doc Martens shoe yeah yeah and my mum was like I'm happy to pay for them because it means that that's a shoe that you can wear from every season it's fine so my sister would wear these shoes and she'd wear them with white socks and then she'd have, she's really, really small. So she'd wear like really skinny trousers, like rolled up. Very like, just give me this like Michael Jackson vibes. And the amount of times that my mum would then get calls to be like, Megan's not in uniform because she's not wearing a ballet pump. My mum's like, she's wearing black shoes. But suddenly the shoe was wrong, but the uniform's a black shoe. Yeah, but it's not the right black shoe. My mum's like, it's a black shoe. If anything, my daughter's wearing a proper shoe that's gonna, you know, look after her feet and I can pay 30, 40 pounds for them. What's wrong with that? But again, it's like, well, you're doing the wrong thing. It's like, but why am I? Because you couldn't wear headbands, could you? You couldn't have your hair a certain color. You couldn't wear nail polish, can't yeah. have makeup. And you're like, you're telling us to be one individual person and we don't look the same. It's weird. It's a really like school it is. weird concept. You're like, why yeah. did you do that? That's so weird. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because then you have to go on to learn lessons yourself. And you have to figure out, well, what do I like? What do I want to do? Who do I want to be? And it's the same as, you know, if you look in school, you're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, do you want to be a doctor, a nurse, a, yeah. a teacher, or whatever it might be? Whereas actually, you know, I've got a friend who's also a coach and, and her whole thing is happiness, you know? Yeah. At what point is anybody ever saying to a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the answer can just be, I just want to be happy. <laughs> Well, you have that, you know, we have that whole stereotypical that you go to school, you did, you got good grades, you got your A-levels, from A-levels you went to university, from university you'd finish with a 2-1 and it meant that you'd get a decent job. Well, that's not a thing anymore, is it? It's like, I never went to university. It doesn't mean, I was like, I own my own business, like, I'm no lesser than somebody that went to uni. And I remember when I was at that stage of going to uni, I didn't know what I wanted to study. And my mum was like, well, if you don't know, don't go. Because you're going to one that's got to pay this debt for the rest of your life. So don't yeah. know. And I had, we almost had like two groups of friends. Some that went to uni and some that didn't. And it was interesting because the ones that didn't go to uni became actually successful quicker than those that did. Because we had to go and start working at 17, 18. And I started, I worked at Reed. I was, like on, I was 18 when I started working there. I was straight in working with people that were 30, you know, 40, 50. I was around that. I was in an office space. I'd kind of moved from being at school to being with adults. And I just think like, it's not, where does that path, like, what is that stereotypical path? And I think now we're going to change that up. And, you know, like if I was to have kids or something, I wouldn't be that bothered about it because I'm like, well, I didn't do it. So why should I make mm. you suddenly be on this path? And I think it's even linking back to like permanent work. And the idea now of freelancing to some people is such a major, like, why would you do that? But to me, um, and I've said this before, it's very much like, but why do you go to a job where a company tells you, A, how much you're worth, because they give you your salary. B, they tell, much, they tell you how much holiday you can have. So you, if you haven't got the holiday, well, then you can't go away, but you've got to work for them. They tell you what time to come to work and what time to go home. And you've got to do that as an adult. If you're underperforming, they tell you, well, you're not doing well. We're going to put you on performance. Like, what? That's what we did at school. It's the same kind of thing, isn't it? And I think, you know, you, 
true entrepreneur now i can hear it all in you you were destined no wonder your your somebody told you that you were destined to be one no but it you know it is interesting it, it's you know there's so many things that we're conditioned to in society that then we spend such a long time trying to fit in whether that's body image and body shape you know the shape that's in whether it's what you wear what job you do you know even where you go out and then i think eventually you know you get to the point where you think i'm sick of going around this almost hamster wheel and never really feeling fulfilled never always still feeling a bit like "Mm, is that it because i think yeah because you're not doing what's right for you yeah and i even think it comes down to like you were saying like body image and stuff i think that even links down to like you know, like when you look at house accounts, like right now, panelling is in and everyone's getting panelling. Who started that again? Like where did that come from? Because it was, it was such an old thing, wasn't it? Like panelling was quite an old school. Suddenly someone's done it and now every house account you look at, someone's had panelling. Or like Joe Malone candles. Do you remember like before it was like yeah. so Audi now do their own version? And it's like, if you've got a Joe Malone candle, like you've made it. Like, and it's like... <laughs> created this for us to all to agree to be like got Joe Malone for Christmas but it's weird isn't it? it's like it is a 40 pound candle but yet if you've got that then it's kind of like a mark of like you've made it because again we all want to be part of something and the moment someone steps around and says actually no I'm gonna go to Diptyque you're like why would you do that like everyone's got Joe Malone but I think yeah, it's weird. but it's like if you think of things like um rosé wine and gin yeah I mean I mean, I don't like gin and I almost feel like I miss out because I can't do this whole gin thing. Like drinking Whispering Angel. I'm like, why am I spending £60 when I go out for a bottle of rosé? I don't even like rosé, but you're like, it looks good. It's all, and I'm all about the aesthetic. I work in social. Like, I'm here for the content. Like, I'll do it. But sometimes you're like, but why do we do this? Yeah. And Um, I think it's, but it's it's that whole thing, you know, it's the awareness, isn't it? That, yeah. And I think, hey, it's absolutely fine to do those things if you genuinely enjoy it and yeah. if you're yeah. doing it for yourself. And I think if you have that awareness and you go, okay, I'm aware that I'm doing this right now and I'm okay with that. But I think it's, again, it comes back to that intuition, doesn't it? Of like, is this right for me or is this not right for me? Or are you doing it because you've never questioned why? Um, yeah. And they were saying that about lockdown as a whole. You know, there were so many businesses that said you can't work from home. You're not, there wasn't a thing, like 2019, you can't work from home. Everyone was like, okay, can't work from home. Suddenly you're put into a situation where you have to work from home or how many businesses have adapted to something that they said that you couldn't do. And actually now, well, they have to, there's no, if not, you're not going to make any money. Um, And I think that what you were saying, you know, linking back to that, I think if you want to have whatever candle or whatever you want to do, that's right. But are you doing it for you or are you doing it for almost like, the approval of others and that's it's the validation that, isn't it validation, yeah and i yeah. think that's the biggest question and i think that's where it comes from because nine out of ten times i'm sure people are like i've never thought about it i just did it because that was what i've been told to do or that's what i've seen and i think that then links back to body image where you know we're all like oh i should lose weight um, and the nutritionist said that to me i said i, I want to lose two stone and she said why I was like what do you mean why and she was like oh, why, why do you want to lose two stone like have you been two stone smaller I was like no this is the smallest I've ever, I've ever been so she was like so why do you want to lose two and I there's no answer I don't know I just thought if I lost two stone everything would be better that's so funny you say yeah. that because in um in one of my programs that I run or actually with any client that I work with they'll come to me and say I want to lose weight and I always go but why 
Yeah. And it's not because I'm saying that their goal is incorrect, but it's, it, it's, it's going a bit deeper and saying, you know, is it, is it actually really because you lack confidence? Is it actually because you feel unhappy, yeah. you know, and actually understanding and digging a bit deeper because otherwise people go on a journey and they lose weight and they look in the mirror and go, well, I still feel the same as I did. Nothing's changed. It's not about the weight. I completely agree with you. And that, that is it. And I will look back at photos from last year and I was like, oh my God, I thought I was fat last year. Not at all. And when people said to me, oh, Karina, you've lost weight. I was like, no, I haven't. I haven't. It's not changed. Because in my mind, I couldn't see it because it, everything else in my life wasn't right because I thought it wasn't right. Therefore, it's the weight was the reason. The weight had nothing to do with it. It was because if you were unhappy in a job or, you know, whatever it is, that's, you're right, it's the confidence in yourself. It's got nothing to do with the weight because no, matter, no one actually cares what size you are. Like you could be a size six or a size 16. It doesn't affect me what size you are, but actually we're bothered because we think, oh no, you're bothered at what size I am. It's like, oh, no, I'm not. But it's about, it is about what's on the inside. And, and you touched on something is quite often people will embark on trying to change something about themselves, whether that is weight, hair, uh, the house they own, the car they own, maybe something a bit more obvious, materialistic, something that's on the outside because they think that that's what will make them happy. And actually, we've all got the ability to be happy and confident within ourselves, but we have to start by looking inwards. Yeah. It's not about changing something externally. So we're sort of coming towards the end of our conversation now but there's a couple of questions that I want to ask you and interestingly enough some of the things we've just touched on so we've talked about you know this whole last year in lockdown and you know it's been one year Um, I think at the time of recording it's actually a year today Um, so I'd love to know from you what have you reflected on this past year and what will you take away as a real sort of positive as a self-reflection? I think the the biggest thing for me has definitely been like from a confidence perspective. um, I feel like a different person to who I was a year ago. That's completely, uh, I just, yeah, completely just feel so different. Um, And especially like you said, looking back at the fact that now it has been one year since we've been in, I, yeah, I I wouldn't even know who I was. Like I look like a stranger from then. I would say also, I guess like from things that I've learned, I think again, intuition, trust your gut. If it doesn't feel right or it does feel right, go with it. Um, And to actually listen because your brain and your body, they know what you need or what you don't need or whatever's right. Um, I would say maybe as well, I guess in, in many aspects is, yeah I guess I think the biggest thing is just knowing yourself and if something doesn't feel right no matter whether it's a friendship a relationship a a job taking on a new client like listen to that because it isn't right and I think like you said it's very easy to think the back of your head is like oh I'm not sure but you're like no I'll ignore it it'll be okay Um, and I think a lot of that is like it's not okay (laughs) like you know so step away from from whatever it is so I think the biggest thing for me has definitely been to become more intuitive trust yourself um and yeah like and to love yourself both inside and and out basically oh I love that and 
just um on that intuition piece you just sparked something in um, my mind one thing that i always from personally for myself and for other people that i would say is on that intuition piece is where you said if it, if you've got that niggle then you should say no yeah i'm a firm believer that if you don't say no to these things so let's say for example you take a client that you kind of know is not your kind of client, but you think, well, I probably should because I need the money. So you take that client, you're miserable working with them. You don't perform at your best. But for me, it's more than that. I believe that you don't make space in your life for the good to come in. Because if your diary lets, and we're just using this as an example, if your diary is crammed full, then I'm a big believer that you won't then attract those people or there's actually just physically not room in your calendar for your dream clients to come in. And I think sometimes think you have to have faith in yourself completely and stay in that higher vibration. Yeah. Yeah. Complete down to a T completely. Like I'm a big believer in manifestation. And actually, like you said, if you're allowing and booking your calendar up with all these things that aren't all right, you're telling the universe that no, I'll take more on and you're going to get more clients that you're not really bothered about, or, you know, maybe that the, their budgets are lower, but you're doing it because you're like, well, I should. Um, and that is another thing I completely agree that I have definitely learned because you're right, because it's very easy to say yes, because you're like, well, who am I to turn down work? And I think that then comes across with relationships or with friendships. Like, well, who am I to say this isn't right? When actually you know yourself and it isn't right and you should believe that you deserve the best. So if your client is A, but you're working with B, well, stop working with B. Um, but again, I think that comes with time and it comes with confidence, doesn't it? To genuinely believe in yourself that you're going to get client A or you're going to, whatever it is in whatever aspect. So completely, I think, huge on manifestation huge it's self-worth though as well isn't it it's actually about saying i deserve to work with with x y or z okay and my final question because at the time of publishing this will go out in april so i really want to know from you what are your goals for april one of my biggest goals i think for april actually is and it sounds a bit lame but kind of to stop working as much Um, because we are in lockdown the hard thing is that I end up working later into the evenings because you're kind of you know you move from the dining room to the to the sofa Uh, and the same with weekends it's my laptop my laptop's always on Um, so one thing that I am and my goal is actually is to to try like switch off at six o'clock rather than continue to pick up things because I think we're never having that downtime um, is quite harsh and I think it's quite easy when we get into you know, June, July, when you're going to have plans at the weekend, so you won't be around, or you're going to have plans in the evening. Um, but the biggest thing for me is kind of not to look at emails after six. That's the that's the that's the love first, it. That's the big goal, yeah. Nice and simple, realistic, and yeah, it's Cheap, good. Easy. Yeah, she says. Yeah. And it's important, though, isn't it? Because it's important to have your time for yourself <laughs> to switch off completely yeah wonderful well thank you so so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and hopefully the listeners will find it inspiring and maybe just take away a little nugget that they can implement into their life so thank you again thank you so much and if people want to find you if they want to follow you how can they reach you 
So I'm on Instagram. Um, it's GRL about social, um, which I think I'll, I can add it as, as the comment. Obviously, when we post this, then I know it's on a, the podcast as well. Um, and then on LinkedIn is probably one of the best things. So it's just Karina, K-A-R-I-N-A Scott. Um, and I'm smiling in a green dress in my profile photo. So you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please rate and review us. Perhaps you know someone that would find strength from listening to this episode. I'd love you to share this with them. You can find more about my services, coaching and programs at www.michelleashby.co.uk or find me on Instagram at Mish Ashbury and on LinkedIn, Michelle Ashby.